It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of It's a Fandom Thing. This week we're going to be talking about cosplay. And this is another one where I'm probably going to have the panel dominate this discussion because I have only really cosplayed once in my life. And that was last year at a pet parade. And I cosplayed as um, Elton John with my dog, Schroeder. So I may talk a little bit about that, but that wasn't really anything compared to what other people do. Um, So I'm really a newbie to this. I just mainly just enjoy watching it uh, and learning about it. So this will be a fun one. Um, But before we let the panel introduce themselves... Um, I'm going to first just have a couple of housekeeping notices. Uh, Once again, reminder that we are taking listener support now. You can click on the link that's in the show notes or go directly to our anchor page and click listener support. And for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month, um, you can help the show. Although for right now... Sorry. From now until at least October 1st, 100% of what we see from that is being donated to various Black Lives Matter organizations. And I mentioned it on last week's show that I'm actually going to do a Facebook Live thing once we get to October 1st, just going over uh, the the different organizations that I'm going to donate to. And we are still trying to get the auction together. I'm trying to get the items together to start that. So that is something I know I've been promising this for a long time, but that is going to happen as well. Um, And then also a reminder, all proceeds that we see for the one ad where you have right now are also going to Black Lives Matter organizations until at least October 1st. Okay, so I'm going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves, and we have a new panelist on the show, so that's exciting, too. Uh, But first, I'm going to go ahead and start with Sarah, who hasn't been on, I think the last time you were on, was it, it wasn't Lucifer, was it? No. No. It wasn't you, was it? Not Uh, like it wasn't you, you. I think it might have been you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was either you or Lucifer. It's been a while, because I've been having the voice problems, so... Um, Two of our but, most popular episodes ever, <laughs> especially Lucifer is our most popular episode. Great episodes, <laughs> great episodes. Um, well, I am uh, Sarah Barnick, and uh, I, I, I actually have two things I'm really excited about right now. 
One, I think Aaron knows. Lucifer. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Even though I, I came home and discovered that my 17-year-old had turned it off and put on Forged in Fire instead. And <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. I forgive him. He doesn't understand. Um, but the other thing I'm really excited about, one of my, I'm, I'm a huge metal fan, and one of my um, uh, favorite metal vocalists, uh, Corey Taylor, is coming out with a solo album in October, and I am heard the first single from it, and it is amazing, and I am so excited about this. So, a couple things I'm excited about right now. Awesome. Awesome. I love hearing people being excited about music. We don't get that too often on the podcast and everybody knows that I'm a music person. So that's awesome. Right. And then first time guest, Tamara, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing you're excited about right now in pop culture. I mean, yeah. Hi, my name is Tammy Potter. I'm a local Houston cosplayer, costumer. Um, I mean, it's really hard to get excited about anything because everything's like shut down. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know, just I haven't started Wine on Earp yet, and I'm kind of been jonesing to start that, and so I'm excited to see what that new season's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been one that a couple of people have mentioned. I believe Tanya mentioned it, I think, on the last one she was on. <laughs> She's on this one, too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for being Thank on. You. And then Tanya. Hi, I'm Tanya Cook, and uh, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I've just had so many work meetings this week. That's automatic uh, to say that now, which is good. Um, what am I into? The Wire, I've been watching obsessively. I think that's what I said last time. So it's very um, standard for me to get into something 20 to 30 years after it aired originally, apparently. Um, but I also just started watching uh, BoJack Horseman, which I haven't watched before. So, um, yeah, which is interesting. I don't know. It's a little odd, but it's fun. <laughs> Listeners can't see it, but your facial expression when you said it's interesting. <laughs> it was very Midwestern. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm really relieved that you don't have video, but I, you are missing all of my, oh, that's different, you know, and very Minnesota <laughs> Wisconsin reactions to things like, <laughs> which is code for that is messed up. Anyway, <laughs> well, this is Aaron, and what I'm into, and, it, and I love recommending this, even though it's going to be nearly impossible for anyone to watch this. But I was listening to a podcast called The Rewatchables, and what they do is they discuss a movie that is rewatchable. Um, so it's very easy to understand what the podcast does. And they were talking about the movie Pump Up the Volume from 1990, which turns um, 30 years old, um, um, <laughs> which makes me feel really old because I remember seeing this when I was a, a preteen or teenager um, and loving it because I was obsessed with Christian Slater. But the podcast reminded me how much I loved this movie. And fortunately, I own the movie on DVD because it is impossible to find this movie anywhere. And the reason is it had so much great music that it's too expensive to stream it. So it's too hard to get the licensing to be able to have the songs in there. And they can't really replace the music in there. It's too essential to the movie. I don't know if everyone on here has seen that. 
but you know it's it's essentially the story of Mark who is doing a pirate radio station that causes an uproar in his town um, and it's it's a really good teen movie and it holds up I watched it last night and it really holds up and it's basically podcasts before there were podcasts is really what it's about <laughs> And Christian Slater is really good in it. Samantha Mathis is really good in it. And the music is amazing, even though that's the reason you are not able to stream it anywhere. But Christian Slater recently said in an interview that this is his favorite favorite movie and favorite role he's ever done. And there was actually a musical version that was getting set to launch. But then COVID happened. And so they put it on hold. Um, so it was going to be a stage musical, which would have been really interesting. But Christian Slater has actually said that he's talked to a few people about reviving it, like seeing where Mark is today. Not sure how I feel about that. But if that would cause the original to be able to be streamed and people could really watch it, then I'd be all for it. So if you can get your hands on Pump Up the Volume, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a really good movie ahead of its time. Um, I will say just cause now we, we do this more often, trigger, 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 trigger warning for suicide, big time trigger warning for that. Um, and also, uh, a little bit of sexual assault, but mainly suicide. So, okay. So let's get into cosplay. Um, and if you don't know really what cosplay is, I will just briefly give a little bit of a description of it. And I'll have our panel kind of delve into it a little bit deeper. But um, cosplay is a performance art in which participants called cosplayers wear costumes and fashion accessories to represent a specific character. Cosplayers often interact to create a subculture and a broader use of the term cosplay applies to any costumed role-playing and venues apart from the stage. So I want to just go around and sort of, um, there's a lot of history to cosplay, and I know Tanya found a great little Wikipedia article um, that will reference as well, but I just kind of want to go around and just see how everybody discovered cosplay. Uh, start with you, Sarah. Um, I mean, for me personally, um, I started going to, uh, conventions maybe five, six years ago, um, when I finally was able to be comfortable with my nerdiness, so to speak, um, and, uh, got into, kind of got into it that way. Um, and it's been, for me, it's been evolving over the past five years or so that I've been doing this. Um, you know, started out very simple. I think my first cosplay was, uh, Maggie from, uh, The Walking Dead, um, which was very easy to put together. Um, and I've done, uh, Black Widow and, uh, Olivia Moore from, uh, iZombie. Uh, I've cosplayed as the TARDIS a couple times, <laughs> uh, with my, uh, my oldest son, uh, being the empty child. Uh, which I think he scared the crap out of every child that was trick-or-treating at our house. <laughs> it was quite entertaining. Um, and, you know, and I, I've done, um, my, my latest one is going to be the uh, armorer from um, The Mandalorian. Um, and I know there, uh, there's been others, uh, Trisha McMillan from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, and, and, and more. I can't even remember anymore. Um, 
but I mean, for me, it's just, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's just a way to, um, I don't want to say express myself because that's not really the right uh, term, but it's very freeing. Um, you you kind of get to step into another another personality and, and and another role and and be something that you normally wouldn't be. Um, and in my experience, the cosplay community um, has been very positive. Um, but I just I, I, I love it. It's fun. It it brings me joy. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's, for me, it's meant a lot. Wonderful. Great. And then Tammy. Oh, you know, actually it was a huge accident. (laughs) (laughs) Happy accident. (laughs) Yeah, it was a happy accident. You know, I was a professional softball player for a long time and I got injured and I couldn't do it anymore. And I've been feeling this sense of being lost and competitiveness and just weird. And, uh, my sister is like, Remember Zena? I was like, yeah, I remember Zena. She goes, Lucy Laws is going to be in in Florida. Let's go see her. I was like, all right, be cool. Do something with my sister. And she's, we have to dress up. I'm like, what do you mean dress up? <laughs> you know, I'm like, she's like, you'll be Zena and I'll be I'll be Wonder Woman. We'll be cool. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so that's kind of how it all happened. And it's kind of snowballed out of control really quickly. <laughs> and so it's like, man, I can compete doing this. And so I did. You know, I took some weather classes, and I was like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this. And so it kind of turned into a thing. So it's been fun. Awesome. Wonderful. And we'll get into the competitions then, too, since you've competed some. I want to talk about that for sure. Um, And then Tanya. Yeah. So, you know, of course, go look at these folks, um, whatever social media sites they share, because I don't have one specifically for cosplay, but I definitely want to shout out for Tammy's TikTok, which is a whole nother level of kind of fun, creative things. Anyway, so she'll share that later. Um, But for me, cosplay, I didn't know what it was, despite being someone who always loved costumes and dressing up and and, uh, expressing myself or being weird that way my whole life. I didn't know what it was until about six or seven years ago. Um, but I actually, now that I think about it, I think the first time I cosplayed, I went to a very, very small Star Trek convention in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And it was at the time that The Next Generation was on. And I loved that show. And I somehow heard about this convention, convinced a couple of friends to go with. And I dressed up as uh, Troy, Deanna Troy, because I had a dress that kind of looked like that. Right. So not not very not a lot of effort into that, but my friend went full on and she was, um, this is who good friends are, right? Is they'll not only come to things with you, but they'll dress up. She went as Lore, I think it was her name, Data's daughter. Data had a daughter and had like gold metallic face paint to look like an Android and just like, just awesome. And this friend later uh, in 2017, when I cosplayed Xena, um, came out to Denver, flew out and had made her own Gabrielle, uh, cosplay and yeah, just epic. So like, what a thing to do in your forties, you know, in your, in your teens and in your forties, those are friends. So I don't know why I decided to do this. I think just going to conventions, I went to Denver comic-con at that time in 2014 and my child, my oldest child was very into supernatural at that time. And I had just started to watch it and we cosplayed not knowing about shipping. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want you to have weird thoughts about this. 
<laughs> but I had short hair at the time and I cosplayed as Castiel because I found a trench coat. I mean, how is easy is that costume? Trench coat, backward tie, right? Okay. And my kid, whose name is Dean, cosplayed as Dean. Again, <laughs> remind you, not knowing anything about, but um, also we did a family cosplay where I was Cass and then we did my oldest as Gabriel, my middle daughter with long hair um, as uh, Sam and my son, my youngest son as Tiny Dean. And he was cute. He had the haircut and the knife and it was just everyone freaked out about him the whole time. He'd never watched the show. He was like eight. But um, yeah, it was it was the best. So we were sort of a family and I was sort of the mom as Castiel. And then somebody said, you should cosplay Jody Mills. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have that haircut. Right. And so that was kind of my first real um trying to do something <laughs> more intentional and I actually won a contest and so I'm like well it's just going to go downhill from there but but it was uh it was pretty great that was their first uh supernatural convention in Denver so it was a, a lot of fun great memories with my son too awesome and I do remember seeing that um cosplay at the convention and this was before I knew you but I do remember seeing it and I was like wow that's that's really good yeah you make the perfect Jody Mills. I mean, really, it's just perfection. Well, um, and like I said, you know, I'm very new to this, but the funny thing is, is I acted for most of my life. I would put on plays for the neighborhood when I was a kid. I did, you know, radio plays, like pretended to be a DJ, all that kind of stuff. Um, And in a lot of respects, I think this is very similar to acting. And what you said, Sarah, about taking on another personality, another character, being another person, that's what's so joyful about acting um, is being able to just get into somebody else's skin. I can't remember what actor it was that said this, but they said actors are people that are so uncomfortable in their own skin that they prefer to be in other people's shoes, basically, in other people's skin. And I don't know if that's true of everybody who cosplays, but I think it sounds like um, there might be also some confidence building there, too. Uh, I know that that is true with acting. I know there is no greater high in the world than performing on stage. I'm not a big fan necessarily of the theater community all the time, but that feeling of being on stage whether it be in a play or doing improv, especially improv, I think it's just this amazing, amazing high. Um, so I'm sure there's probably some of that with cosplay as well. Yeah. Tanya, (laughs) I'm raising my hand. You can't see me because I don't want to interrupt you, but I agree. And that I wanted to say, I remembered as we were talking that when I was a kid, like literally a kid, like eight years old, I used to dress up like Indiana Jones and literally run around the woods around my house and hang out in a tree <laughs> and people would come visit. Yeah. This level of nerd the whole That's time. Awesome. Um, people would come visit and they would say, Hey, do you know, I think I saw Indiana Jones in the woods, like running around by your house. Keep in mind, we didn't have the internet. Um, okay. So anyway, just, you know, and it's funny that I've not done theater, but I did grow up in a family that always did music and was always performing. So I think some of this and that like public stage presence also comes from teaching. Um, yeah. Or both of those mutually reinforce one another for me. So anyway. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, my one experience of doing it was I was obsessed with the movie rocket man last year and 
there is a local pet parade that happens here through a shelter that I used to volunteer at um, here in Colorado. And now I have a dog that loves, that lets me dress him up. I don't know. I probably shouldn't say loves to get dressed up because I think he probably just does it because I dress him up. And I just decided, okay, we are going to dress up as Elton John, two different versions. I did Tiny Dancer, um, the Tiny Dancer outfit from the movie where he has the jean jacket with a bunch of um, different iron-on patches and then jeans and then a shirt with just a big red mouth, basically. Um, and then, of course, weird glasses because it's Elton John. And then my dog was in the very beginning when he comes into rehab and he has the whole gold, like almost like devil costume with the wings. So he did that. And so Angela, who was on last week's episode, she helped create that costume for him. Um, I did all the, the jean jacket and stuff, but she helped create that for him on the day. There was parts that didn't work and I was so sad, but, and I also helped do the glasses, like the heart shaped glasses with little like quote unquote diamonds around them. And yeah. And it was just a lot of fun. And the best part was when we were walking, cause you do a little parade, someone in the audience shouted out to him, Elton, Elton, Elton. Cause I was like, no one's going to even know who we are, but then someone did. So that was a great feeling. And that was a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun putting that together. And it was kind of a moment where I went, okay, maybe I could do this at another time. And I still have the jean jacket and I'm like, I'm like determined to find other patches and get it looking as close to that jean jacket as possible. And then my whole goal, and it actually came up in a Facebook memory that I posted this, is to wear that one time when I'm meeting Taryn Edgerton and then just take a picture of us together. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm putting it out there. So Yes, I mean, it's so, it, I, I hope, I'm, I'm like putting that out into the universe for you. And I think if your dog were there, I mean, how much, how great would that be? Like, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's one of the biggest compliments I could ever imagine. That or maybe, um, you know, it's, I, I, apparently things I have written have actually inspired fan fiction. So I'll just... That's that's something I want on my nerd CV. <laughs> so I'm gonna, that can go on the grave or whatever. Anyway, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, let's let's first let's get into how do you go about choosing who you will be. We're kind of skipping over the origins here because I want to focus more on the personal aspects of it. Um, but how do you go about choosing what character you want to cosplay as, Sarah? Um. I mean, for me, uh, I, I kind of like to go with a little bit more obscure, not not so obscure that people won't recognize recognize it. But I, I mean, you go to conventions, and I cannot tell you how many Harley Quinns we see. Um, you know, I, we sort of had a running joke. Uh, the one convention I went to in San Antonio, I mean, we were just counting <laughs> because I think Suicide Squad had just coming out at that point. Um, you know, so I try and go for, for something a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, you know, I also like, um, you know, I don't necessarily, I like strong female characters, um, obviously. Um, but I also like to go with characters that I sort of, I, I, that I feel like I connect with in a way. Um, I mean, I have, I have cosplayed as a uh, Castiel. Um, a couple times, and like you said, that's so easy. You know, trench coat, tie, white shirt, you're you're good. 
got some wings. It was great. Um, so I've done that a couple times and I, I feel that I, I sort of relate to his social awkwardness. Um, uh, uh, like, uh, Olivia Moore, um, from iZombie, uh, not so much related to her, but I just loved her character so much. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that would be an easy one to cosplay. And, um, I've done Ray, uh, from Star Wars and again, just absolutely loved her character as well. Um, so I, you know, I do, it's, I, I do put some thought into it. <laughs> um, and it, it's kind of gotten more, um, involved and I've taken on more as, as, I've uh, gone along in the years, um, you know, because I sort of doubted my skills in the beginning, but I'm getting a little bit more confident in doing my own builds and, um, you know, prop builds and armor and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so in the beginning, it was more characters I liked, ease of costume. Now it's characters I liked, and I'm trying to challenge myself as well. Awesome. And I like that you um, said also that you don't always try to go for the ones that everybody is doing at the time, because I'm sure that happens where it's just like whatever's big and popular. That's exactly what you see a ton of, which is understandable. But yeah, yeah but that's cool. And then Tammy. Um, I mean, I'm actually, I guess, relatively new to the cosplay world. So and the builds I do are always like extravagant so like the other character I do is um Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey and so um so that took me about six months to make and so so I I also really like to focus on a couple characters because um I like to make movies and so I want to like really embrace that character and really get it down instead of, I know it's like not the popular thing, but I really don't like to jump around to a lot of characters because I just like to want to make a couple really good ones that are fully formed and, and all that. That's kind of what, kind of what my, my world is like. <laughs> <laughs> but I also choose, the reason I choose them is I look at characters I look like too. Like I, and so I kind of look like that. So it's like, I can pull that off. Yeah. So something, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. And then Tanya? I think um, what's really interesting is I would say both Sarah and Tammy, you both said things that I identify with. One is I I need to identify with the character in some way, usually. There's very few cosplays I've done that I don't really like. the. I, I won't do a character I don't like or have some sort of admiration for or some kind of thing in common with. Um... And I try to choose ones I think I can do and pull off, and I don't sew. <laughs> I hot glue, and I tediously <laughs> um, cut things out and try and try again, and I get my child who's artistic to do things. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of just got into this and then decided I wanted to do Xena um, maybe in 2016, and I actually began with working out because if you're going to do – you know, you're like, okay, I need to be – I need to look like – I could kick ass, even though I absolutely cannot. And if I tried, I would fall over um, terribly. But, uh, you know, you want to you want to look like that. And I was I think I had turned 40 and I thought I'm going to do this. It's going to be now or it's not going to happen. Um, 
And that's the one I'm the most proud of, even though it's a homemade costume. I looked at like screen quality costumes and went, that's a little rich for a mom of three who has student loan debt still. Yeah. Um, So I said, hey, kid, can you draw that armor and help me figure out how to do it? And my my oldest dean said, yeah, I can do that. So, you know, when my son was 16, he was making his mother a breastplate armor and that wasn't awkward at all. It was totally fine. <laughs> totally normal. It happens normal all the time. Person hobbies. You know, I'm outside like with an N95 mask. Now everyone knows what that is. Bending warbla and like sanding plastic in my yard. Anyway, um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is just what can I do? What do I admire? What why what can I bring to this character? And I will do ones that are a little more just. I just want to do it for fun, like. I don't look anything like Captain America. I love Captain America in the MCU films. And so I just was like, I'm just going to be Captain America. I don't care. I'll be middle-aged mom, Captain America. (laughs) And that's what I did. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, he's kind of a mom. I mean, you know. Yeah. Language. Like, yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, he he does kind of, has always struck me as... I don't know how certain people are going to take this, but as the person who would be telling on the whole class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, teacher's pet. Yeah. Totally. I, I definitely oh, have that. Monitor. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those kids are the worst because they, they you know, Steve Rogers was a little shit. And I'm going to say that because, um, you know, he would do whatever he thought was right. Right. And like, for example, for me, I was a, the teacher's pet, a straight A student, but I skipped an entire year of economics class in high school because I decided, you know, doing the right thing was band practice and not economics class. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you heard me right. I cut class to go to band practice. <laughs> Top that, nerds. <laughs> I can see my 17-year-old doing that. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome, though. <laughs> Really fits in. You guys have already sort of described a little bit of the process of making that outfit, uh, making outfits and stuff. But I want to sort of delve a little bit deeper into that. What what's that process like? And I'm not just talking about that you cut out something, you sew something. Um, but what's the process that goes into that? Like, how much work is it? Um, and is there a lot of passion involved when you are making those outfits, Sarah? Um, there, there's, there's passion. There's a lot of tears, um, a lot of cursing, (laughs) uh, a lot of frustration, um, a lot of seam ripping, um, (laughs) you know, nothing ever goes smoothly. Um, I, I find my prop builds go a lot better than my actual, um, sewing of costumes. Uh, you know, I, I, I find I enjoy those a lot more and, uh, they go a lot better because actually my husband will end up helping me with those because tools are involved. Um, and usually when I start asking him where power tools are, he's like, okay, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, and then he jumps in and helps. Um, but, um, I mean, there, there's, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a short process. I mean, there, there is a lot of research and shopping for fabric, um, which I am finding that that is a little bit more difficult here in Colorado. We seem to have a lack of fabric stores. Um, And tweaking and 
sewing and re-sewing and testing and I mean it, it's it, it's not it's not easy <laughs> it really is not and you do you, you have to have a love for it and you have to have a passion for it um to do to do it because otherwise you're just gonna get frustrated and give up but you know as as frustrating and as tedious as it can be, it's still something that I absolutely love and enjoy and it brings me a lot of happiness. So that's never going to, I'll be 80 years old and I'll still be cosplaying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm fine with that. (laughs) That's great though. That's wonderful. (laughs) And then Tammy, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, you know, I guess like, um, like right now I'm making, um, one of the original Xena costumes from Hercules and it has been painstaking from doing like screen because I make everything pretty screen accurate so it's been painstaking looking at screenshots that are 25 30 years old and blurry but I've been very fortunate to run into people like one of their original costume makers actually works for the Ren Fair in Texas so he's just down the street from me so I ran into him like the one question I've been asking, I was like, is her, her boots open to her toes? Because I can't tell. And he finally answered that question. I even asked Kevin Zorba when I met him last. He's like, I don't, I don't remember, you know. He's like, whatever. <laughs> well, that's helpful. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was like, I don't know, it's very, pain, like, I don't know, I'm very, like, I don't know, OCD when it comes to this. And so it's like, I I have to change, because I watched this, I, I made the skirt already, and I watched the episode, and I watched him just tear it off, and I heard all the snaps go. I was like, Oh, I made it lace up. Now I have to redo it because it's got snaps. And so it's like, uh. <laughs> so that's that's me. It's like very OCD and I'm very like I like to pay attention to every little tiny detail and make mm-hmm. sure that it's perfect. And so um so it really is a really long process for me when it make making costume because it's very tedious on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Putting everything in there, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Tanya, do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sarah and Tammy are are epic at their patience and attention to detail. I'm what you call a good enough cosplayer. <laughs> Is this, does it look like something happened <laughs> that's not normal? Cool. Is it like, do you, it's like the LaCroix of cosplays. Is there a hint of fruit <laughs> that went near this water? Awesome. Is this vaguely going to, like people, I don't know. Anyway, um, when I, okay. So not, not really. Yes and no, but not, I don't necessarily have the patience um, for some of that, which is awesome. Like I, I, of course, I say that with a grain of salt, like there's things that you want to be really precise and perfect. Like Kate Bishop, I worked really hard on and oh, I your don't. Kate Bishop was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll send that photo. And I got a, a lot of friends offering to do um, photos for me that are, that are excellent. So that's one thing we should kind of mention is there are photographers who kind of specialize in cosplay and we want to shout out for some of those fan artists. But what I'd like people to know from what everyone is saying, aside from my jokes is the effort that goes into this is it's for fun, but it's for other people's enjoyment. And it really embodies fandom for me, like enjoying this so much that I want to share it with other people. And I'm going to put so much heart and soul and work and sweat and tears, literally and blood into almost every costume, um, you know, that just to share that love with other people. I mean, that's, 
amazing to me to see people's creativity and the way that, you know, they'll, they'll tackle a project like this, or they'll, they'll get really creative with it. I love that you're doing the armrests. I, I looked at that uh, and I thought if I'm going to cosplay somebody from that, it'll be that character. But then I thought about making it. I went, yeah, no, nah, I, I'll just, I'll just stick with, uh, I think the we should also talk about cosplays we're working on at some point. I'll, I'll hold off for now, but yeah, the process is, it's kind of fun. It, it, but it also just keep in mind, like whenever you see anybody, even, even the simplest looking cosplay was probably a crap ton of work for that person. And there was a lot of thought in it. So, you know, compliments, kudos, uh, that are appropriate for sure to folks who, who engage in this, give them that they like it usually <laughs> appropriate <laughs> comments. I like your costume is a good one. You look hot is not always a good comment. Okay. But that was on your list of topics. So just, just a FYI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to get into uh, um, some of that stuff of what it's like to be a female cosplayer. Um, yeah. And, and I'll just say, cause like I said, I've only done it once, but it's funny because in my memories the other day, my Facebook memories, it popped up where I said, I wrote, Aaron, you're just going to have to let it go. You're not going to find every single patch from the movie. You're just not going to find it. It's not going to happen. You're just going to have to make it the way that you want it to be and stop being a perfectionist because I'm a perfectionist. So I know that that was driving me crazy. And I had to remind myself, this is for a dog parade and no one's going to be judging. (laughs) They're probably not even going to know what you are. So you have to let that go. Um, so that, that was a hard part, but just going through the process of, and I had help of just making any of it and just the painstaking, like doing the wings for my dog. And cause I did that and gluing on all the feathers was the most, oh my gosh, that just took forever. And then they ended up like breaking a little bit after we were done. Walking and I'm like all that work and they're breaking and one of his horns broke off like right before we started the parade it was so sad we got pictures with it before them but it was just so sad because there was so much work into that and then just to have that happen and it's also I want to add it can be very expensive I mean I spent a lot of money <laughs> on that so you really have to want to do it if you're going to actually be spending money and you're not really going to be necessarily I'm sure there are people and we'll go into like sort of competitions but you're not going to be making like a ton of money at this you know so you have to be doing it for the love of doing it you know it's the same thing with like doing this podcast is like having a second job and I'm not making a dime on this podcast I'm hoping to eventually but not making anything and it's a lot of work and a lot of time and so it's the same thing you have to love it or you're going to be like forget this you know so yeah yeah so just hats off to everyone because I've only had one experience with it and it was very very confronting with my my perfectionism where I just had to be like nobody is going to notice that you didn't get the exact same color of like dice on the thing that was in the movie they're just not even gonna because no one would have even noticed that in the little bit of scene um that was in the movie so yeah yeah so it's it's a so just from that experience I just realized what a intense process it is I mean I could see by 
going to conventions and then also looking online and seeing videos of how um, intricate so many of these costumes are and how much work goes into it, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, so you have to have that passion there for sure. So I know that you guys have sort of mentioned some of your favorite cosplays. um, And I know we're going to talk about what you guys are working in the future, but... Is there one, I just want to ask this fun little question just popped into my head. Is there one cosplay that, and it's not one that you're working on now, that someday you would love to attempt or one that you know you probably will never attempt but kind of dream of being able to do someday? Sarah, is there one like that for you? Um. Oh, Lord. Um. Uh, Captain Marvel is one. Um. Just there's so much leather involved and sewing with leather is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> at all um that that's one um oh and now i'm drawing a blank there was there was another one that i i've been thinking of and now i can't remember what it was um yeah i'm drawing a blank captain Mar- captain marvel is one that i would love to do um you know ever since i uh uh, uh saw the movie um just absolutely love her character and uh it's just i i, I don't I, I am not comfortable with attempting that yet <laughs> the day will come but today is not that day but then someday it'll happen yes yeah. hopefully <laughs> and tammy do you have any i do i you know i kind of feel this is kind of slipping away as i get older but um eon flux the the cartoon uh, uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm getting older, it's harder to stay in shape, and <laughs> I don't have time. And I guess that other one that I actually do plan, but it's also kind of one of those things that probably won't. It's probably Lagatha from Vikings. I actually cosplayed as her, and it was not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was sort of a cleaned up version of Lagatha, and yeah, it was it was awesome. But I still have the shield. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, so those are my those are my two wish lists. Well, hopefully they'll happen. <laughs> Put them out there in the universe, and they'll happen. <laughs> and Tanya, do you have any dream ones? Wow, I love the idea of Eon Flux. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a tough question. I think I'm gonna go with She Hulk because I love She Hulk in the comics, but I'm not gonna cover myself in green. Um, and I'm not very large, like muscle wise, and I feel like I would want to be more buff and I'm just not that's not gonna I'm not there um <laughs> and um maybe uh it would be really cool to do something that is somehow a mech suit or a you know um something that lights up and has kind of that level I don't know what but I always thought that would be super cool um but very impractical and so now the biggest question I ask when I'm designing a cosplay <laughs> <laughs> because I'm 44 is can I go to the bathroom can I by myself that is very important can I go to the bathroom <laughs> and make this happen but um I also really want to do one that's like a, a mashup I, I've loved these I've seen these at cons like I saw a Bucky Barnes and a Captain America but they were Elsa and um Anna from Frozen so they were like um frozen captain america and it was they were so cute anyway so those are sort of ones i i'd love to okay i'm also going to say aaron's son from farscape but the it's we're 20 years past that 
for me to do that. That had to be pre-children, for sure. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Anyway. (laughs) So if if, if we have a time machine, I'll do that one. (laughs) When you need the TARDIS. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm trying to think if there's anyone that I would, since I'm not really, you know, since I'm new to the whole thing. Um, I know one that I, I couldn't pull off now, but maybe someday would be, I would love to do, I think Abaddon would be fun to do from Supernatural. Um, I was one year for Halloween, I was Poison Ivy because I don't know why. I just really liked that character. So I think that would be fun to do where it wasn't one where I was like, you know, actually using, um, real branches and (laughs) real leaves and it was really kind of annoying. So just, I don't know, making it a little bit better might be kind of fun, but and then maybe being something from Donnie Darko, since it's the movie I've seen more than any other, you know, I don't know. Maybe I could be Frank, even though bunnies terrify me, but it might be kind of fun to be Frank <laughs> and to do different versions of him. So, yeah, that might be kind of interesting. So maybe someday. Yes. Um, well, let's before we get into how women are treated. Um, I want to go over a little bit of something, an interesting thing that Tanya found about Myrtle Rebecca Douglas Smith Gray. No, <laughs> I don't know if that's her full name. Um, known as my, uh, my girl just got history as Morojo. My girl got married and married and married. Like that was just, <laughs> just so people know, like that's why all the last names. And that was a thing in like the 50s and 60s is people would would instead of um, having live-in partners or boyfriends or something, people would get married and divorced, married and divorced, married and divorced, and especially happened in sort of um, working class or not upper middle class, but like lower and working class. So there's your sociology. There we go. Now you can sound smart for having listened to this. Anyway. Awesome. And, and she would also go by Myrtle R. Douglas and who's a science fiction fan, fanzine publisher and cosplay pioneer from Los Angeles. And I'd never heard of this person. I don't know if anybody else on here had heard of, of her before. Um, but, you know, together with her boy, then boyfriend Ackerman, which doesn't look like that was one of her last names. So she didn't marry him. But <laughs> they attended um, a 1939 First World Science Fiction Convec- Convention, excuse me. Um, and they were dressed up, um, including a green cape and breeches. And it was based on a pulp ma- magazine artwork by Frank R. Paul um, and the 1936 film Things to Come. And, um, Ackerman, I guess, who was the boyfriend, later stated that he thought everyone was supposed to wear a costume, but it wasn't a thing that was really done back then. So, I mean, that's 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 pretty amazing and pioneering that, I mean, at least I hadn't heard anything about that before, about a woman kind of helping to start that. Um, does anyone have anything they want to add on that? Tanya, do you have anything you want to add on that since you're the one that found this? Yes, I um, took your outline extremely seriously and spent a good um, three to four 20 minute sessions in one of my favorite hobbies, which is Wikipedia holes, um, where you're like, Ooh, this, Oh, this, Ooh, this, um, no, you just, you would ask the question about where does it originally originate? And I thought, well, Oh my gosh, I don't know that. 
Um, but I thought it was really interesting to read about this. And pe people did, if you do go to Wikipedia, which I know isn't perfect, but people did cosplay as something called a Skygack or something, which was this alien in a comic strip from the early 1900s. So people would kind of cosplay as as that and win costume contests and things. And if you, if you Google uh, cosplay, you can find photos of that and whatnot. Women would often do that as well. And so I thought it was just... One of the common misunderstandings about sci-fi and fandom in general is how involved women have been since the beginning, right? Um, so I thought that was really fun to kind of find that. Of course, costuming and, and uh, dress up and things, you know, goes back to uh, fancy dress parties and, and costume balls and things like that in many cultures. Um, so it's not that this is necessarily a new thing, but the association with conventions, I think, specifically happened at the one you referenced, um, where they thought they had to dress up for whatever reason. And apparently she left him because he told her she should quit smoking. <laughs> um, and I don't want to advocate smoking, but hashtag feminism, um, right? Like that's, that's kind of like, no, baby, uh, you, I am not giving up the sassy pants that I made for this sci-fi and I'm not giving up my Virginia Slims. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't smoke. Don't smoke kids. It's bad. Yeah. Don't smoke. I, I smoked for years and years and yeah, don't smoke. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I think it's six years, five or six years since I last time quit and hopefully that'll be forever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. But it's still pretty cool that she broke up with him for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when you look up the history, they include masquerade balls as something under, you know, pre 20th century. So that was like 15th century, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really cool to hear more of uh, the female perspective as far as like a, a woman helping <laughs> to sort of launch that. Um, because, you know, I hadn't really heard, I would say I probably didn't hear this word until. I don't know, maybe in the 2000s, maybe. I mean, I'm sure I'd heard it before, but it wasn't really a thing I knew about. Um, and I knew about conventions and stuff, but I don't know. The, the word, I didn't really know. Um, but, of course, you've also got the big thing, and we're going to be talking about this movie very soon, next week, um, is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is mentioned in here, where you have a lot of audience members. They dress up as the characters. You're, they're, you know, they're reenacting the whole entire movie on stage while the movie's playing behind them. I mean, if you've ever been to a screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is the way to enjoy that movie, really. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big form of cosplaying, basically, because, you know, you're just getting up there being that character, acting out the scenes, doing certain things in there, you know, throwing the rice, all sorts of things that happen. And we're going to be discussing that actually next week. So yeah, we'll definitely get into that more with that one. Um, but what I want to get into then, since the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I know I've heard that there are a lot of issues sometimes at conventions with people being outright uh, rude and groping and, you know, sexual misconduct, basically, um, feeling like they can do certain things. Like when you were saying, Tanya, when you were saying, it's not always okay to say you look hot <laughs> when you're cosplaying. 
Um, so let's get a little bit into that. I don't know if anyone has had any experience like that, but we can talk about that or just sort of your your thoughts on that. Um, Sarah, I know you said in the beginning all of your experiences have been positive, but do you know of any that haven't or have you witnessed anything that hasn't been as positive? Um, I, I personally have, I have not witnessed anything and I, I've never really had any uh, bad experiences. I mean, I, I would say probably the worst and it wasn't really a, a bad experience. Um, but uh, the the one year that I was cosplaying as Black Widow, and I mean, you know how she looks in in her uniform. Um, and of course, I was a lot thinner and more in shape at that time. Um, and we're walking through uh, Fan Expo Dallas with um, a, a friend of mine, uh, my two boys, and uh, her son. And you know, I turn around, and there's a, a guy walking behind us, and uh, he. Reminded me of Kevin Smith, jean shorts, hockey jersey, you know, beard, the whole bit, glasses. And I'm like, oh, look, Kevin Smith is following us. And he's like, he's like, you know, in that outfit, I'll follow you anywhere. I, you know, and, and it wasn't anything bad. And that was kind of the end of it. But I mean, there's that, that it happens. I mean, that is stuff that happens to women at conventions. Um, I know there was a, a big movement, and I think it started at uh, New York City Comic Con, where uh, cosplay is not consent. Um, and uh, uh, we saw, uh, actually attended a few years ago, uh, same friend, my friend Jana. Um, and we saw uh, Adam Savage from uh, Mythbusters speak. And he is a, a big, I don't want to say advocate's not the right word. Um, but that is something that he is very passionate about, that cosplay is not consent. Because when you look at some of the costumes for women of, of whether it's sci-fi, comics, horror, whatever, I mean, even take Wonder Woman. I mean, there's, there's not much to the costume. Um, and just because a woman is dressed like that does not give you permission to catcall, grope approach whatever um so i know uh, it hasn't been a big issue for me um but i know it is a huge issue and i know there are people that have experienced that um and it's just it's not right i mean it's just in society in general it's not right mm-hmm. so i know yeah. i know others have more to add to that so <laughs> <laughs> um tammy um i mean luckily I haven't had any too many issues myself because I think most people are scared of me when they see me, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, and it's also, it's become a real great area as well because, um, you got, was it that for, for you pan, you know, fan page or whatever. So you got a lot of like, a lot of crossover. So I think it's very confusing, I think for general people. And so it's like, who do you know who you can say things to? And, you know, so it, it's a really hard topic, I think. But in general, I, um, you know, you still want to be protective around the people who are, you know, doing their craft. And so um, so I think at conventions, I think it's a very good and strong rule that should be enforced uh, in cosplay, just in general for everyone's safety. Yeah. And what what was that? I'm sorry. What was that that you mentioned before? You know, it just kind of eludes my mind right now. It's like, I can't remember the name of the page. It's kind of like 
um, fans only, I think it's called fans only pages. Now it's like where you pay to see like cosplayers, but it's, I haven't personally gone to the pages. I'm scared. I don't know if it's sexual or NHL or anything, but I know a lot of the local cosplayers here are starting to migrate towards that. I don't know if they're trying to make money off of it or what the deal is, but it's not for me. Mm. (laughs) Well, look, I'm going to look that up while um, you talk, Tanya. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate everybody's comments. I want to just say a couple of things. So when we're talking about consent, that can mean things really broadly, but it can also mean just engaging someone or taking a photo. Um, and most most conventions now are getting really good at having rules and norms and guidelines and are pretty good about enforcing those. Um, so personally, I've had positive experiences. I have not had any um, o- overwhelmingly problematic uh, interactions. That said, I don't go around drinking at cons. I do not um, hang out at night. And I'm not saying this like, you know, oh, it's on me to um, to sort of prevent that or something. I'm not, that's not, people should not assault people. Okay. I'm saying I don't put myself in those spaces because that's not my scene. And I'm often around children, my children and other, and sort of family context. So I say that because I'm sure it would happen to me if I were not in those contexts. I'm not naive uh, uh, in that way. Um, but I just wanted to add, you know, it's it's fine to compliment someone if, if they seem amenable to that. Keep in mind, a lot of people are also very young and they may not even be 18. Um, so if you, if you want to take a photo of someone or no matter what their age, or if it's a young person, you, you need to ask for permission. May I take a photo of you is different too than may I take a photo with you. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, issues where someone will ask for a photo and then you think as a cosplayer, oh, they just want a photo of my costume. So you go to pose, which is a common thing for most people, but then they come in next to you and touch you and they use it as an excuse to touch you. And this hasn't really happened with me, but I, I know I have friends who are um, very avid cosplayers and this has happened in, in assault type ways for them. Right. And that's where some of the groping and things you mentioned can happen. So, um, you know, unfortunately it's, it is a problem. It is a thing where people will take advantage of context. Um, and there's a, there's a movement, um, to, to prevent that. So just so folks are aware, you know, just ask for permission. Don't assume you can touch people. Don't assume you can, if you take the photo, don't assume you can post it and share it. Because some people do not, you know, they're at the convention, but they don't necessarily want that image all over everything, right? Um, And just because they're there in a costume doesn't mean they want, you know, their work seeing that. Um, So that just kind of be aware of boundaries and, and respect those boundaries people might have. Yeah, and I think there was something that happened, and I was trying to find it before and I couldn't find it, but at Starfest... Uh, which is a local thing here in Denver. And I think there was an issue that actually happened a year or so ago. Yes. Um, yeah. Where somebody yeah. was assaulted. Um, and yeah, I was trying to find um, that exact article about that. Um, but I will say I did find, I think this is the thing you were talking about, Tammy. Um, it's called 
OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole article in the New York Times about how this changed sex work forever. So um, it's uh, what it sounds like what it is, is um, on OnlyFans, subscribers, mostly male, straight, gay, and beyond, pay models and social media influencers a fee, generally 5 to $20 a month, to view a feed of imagery too racy for Instagram. With that access, subscribers can also direct message and quote-unquote tip to get pictures or videos created on demand according to their sexual tastes. So it sounds like you can get people to dress up um, as what you want or your different kind of um, sexual fantasies. So that they're talking about someone who does this. And, um, you know, sometimes she's a nurse. Sometimes she's a dominatrix. So I don't know if there's other other things in there as well but that sounds like that might be a little bit of what you were talking about that's unfortunate because like a lot of my friends are doing that oh really (laughs) yeah wow yeah yeah and I'm not gonna shame and you know we're gonna someday we're gonna do a whole very adult (laughs) themed episode on here um because I do think that a lot of times in uh feminism we forget about sex workers and we can demonize sex workers, and I don't want to do that, so I'm not doing that at all. It's just very interesting because I've never heard of this. But I could see how this could potentially get dangerous for some people, depending on who it is and who the person is um, who does that. And if you're not experienced, I guess, in, in that field. But, yeah, yeah that's yeah. very interesting. I hadn't heard about oh. that before. Oh. Yeah. And I, I think just the just to add to that, you know, and, and I have recommendations for when you're ready to do that, <laughs> that episode, Aaron, because I've actually thought about this, too, and been on panels about um, sex work and sci fi um, at various cons and just the way that's portrayed. But I think, you know, that um, just the clarification I think we want to draw is that that exists and that's fine. And, and hopefully it's it's safe and positive for folks who want to engage in that. That is not all cosplay. Right. That's it's it's just the people make the assumption because you're in an outfit with some skin that, you know, you're you're wanting to do something like that. Not necessarily. So that's all I want to say to clarify. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Don't want people to think that. I just thought that was interesting to be able to look that up and and see that. Um, Yeah. Because it it, there's a lot of stuff that comes up when you search that. So (laughs) be careful. So when you search that. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting, though. Um, Yeah. And we'll definitely be doing that in the the sex work in sci fi and then other things. And then definitely um, this is kind of off topic, but definitely an episode about how women approach porn, pornography, erotic, you know, eroticism and stuff, because I think that is something that we don't talk about enough, I think, um, and female involvement in it, really, honestly. Um, okay, so sorry, I got a little bit there. <laughs> went a little, little off topic. A little bit. I mean, you know, but yeah, consent, <laughs> consent, consent. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's, you know, it goes into, you'll see people do this to celebrities as well, where they feel they own them, and they will do things that are not okay, and very inappropriate and might even try to like, you know, kiss them. I mean, seriously, because I think people have a hard time sometimes separating uh, reality from fiction. Yep. 
and realizing that there is a person behind that character, just like there's a person behind that cosplay. So you don't own that person. Um, and just because they may look hot to you or sexy or something like that does not mean you have to say that. And it does not mean you have to act on that and you shouldn't. <laughs> so, yeah. So consent, always, always consent. Uh, well, I want to talk a little bit about um, competitions because I know, um, Tammy, you mentioned that really briefly and I'm not familiar a lot with the competitions so has anyone else competed oh okay nope. Tammy do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah, sure I mean uh I mean there's different levels there's you know beginner intermediate advanced pro um I was ambitious and I immediately jumped into the pro division uh, and you know, and to my to my surprise, I got second place in one of the biggest conventions of the year. So, um, so I was pretty proud of myself for that. Um, but it, you know, and I just thrived in competition just because of my background of being in sports since I was able to walk. And so, like it says, breathe different fire back into me, and so it gives me a reason to make even better costumes. And so, it just I just like the thrill of getting on stage and performing because it's it scares the heck out of me but when I get out there it seems like something else takes over and I get out there and do what needs to get done it was like the thrill of winning is more important than if I'm scared <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well, that's great that you put yourself out there the very first time and then you got second place and yeah yeah that's really cool and so are they just are they judging you on everything like everything so there's like a pre-judging phase so like like in my like in my division you have to like show up with like a book they want like how many hours you spent for your whole costume um they want to see what type of fabrics you used what type of methods you used and then it's probably about between a five and eight minute interview almost and so when you sign up it's usually they only have like okay for the pro division there's only going to be 30 contestants because you can't you can't have more than that because you'll be there for days interviewing people and so and they'll go in and then they'll put you in a room with everyone else if you're comfortable and they start like poking and prodding at you to see like you know what snap to use or magnets because like for my Cassandra um, costume on the back of the scabbard I don't know if you played the game but she just has her spear just floating on it like with nothing attaching it so I use magnets so it just sticks on there like on the video game and so they want to see, like, what kind of things you use as far as making things more realistic or, like, if you have 3D printing, what kind, you know, what kind of model, modeling programs you're using. So it's a real um, deep conversation when you go in because you also have panelists who specialize in different things like leather and 3D printing and all that. So all of them go through um, all of your processes of what you did. Um, and then uh, I think on stage you have, I think, 30 seconds to do whatever you want to do. And that kind of clues that they actually allowed you to provide your own music and, and they screwed it up. And so I had this whole thing planned. And so when my music cue to change to what I was doing, I was like, oh, crap, I'm just going to do uh, bodybuilding poses. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally worked. <laughs> happy accident (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know, it's a, it's a long night because, I mean, it starts probably like at one o'clock on Saturday and you don't go home until about one o'clock in the morning by the time everything's all done. Wow. Yeah. It's a long night, but it's fun. And, you know, you meet different people because you're sitting around for a long time in a room. So you get to ask other people about their costumes and how they made it and say, that also a good learning experience on other techniques that you see other people using. Well, and how many of these have you done? Um, let's see. I've really, I've only really done two because I entered Cassandra twice in um, Dallas Fan Expo, and um, and that one was really bizarre. And then, and then I did it the following weekend at Con Palooza because I didn't win, which was a bigger one, which I was happier because there was a bigger purse prize. <laughs> but, uh, um, but that's really, because that was really my first costume that I made. And so, and then this year, things kind of got messed up because of COVID. So I haven't really finished. I had plans to have it finished by, uh, by July, but since COVID and, you know, work and everything else got out of control, pushed it <laughs> yeah. well that's so. cool though that's awesome that's yeah. that's really awesome because i know you know at every convention they'll have like a costume contest like tanya didn't you win at the at the denver one or you were runner i did yeah i did yeah i won thanks to the crowd cheering which was great and <laughs> i i might have hammed it up a little bit on stage and anyway yeah so no Thanks. It was, uh, that was pretty epic to, to be able to do that with my son there at a time when he was so into supernatural, you know, that was a lot of fun. So that one, and then I've, I've done the contest at Zenite retreat, which is how I know Tammy from the, from the Xena fandom and the retreat. And I was middle-aged Xena, um, who was having a midlife crisis with purple hair because I had had purple hair at that time, <laughs> but it was so, it was so wild to get up and, and my, my costume, like I said, for Xena, it, it looks okay, but it's homemade. And I know folks at retreat are, um, you know, they've seen the the full like screen perfect. And I'm up there in front of actors from the show. I'm up there in front of Steven Sears, right? Who wrote and produced the show. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to put the pinch on you, you know, and I just, again, <laughs> kind of ham it up. And I got, I got some kind of Andy, if you know, Andy from the Amazons, Tammy, yeah, he was, yeah. had an awesome costume and we got like co- third yeah. place or something and it was fun but the thing that was um pretty epic is the whole the whole crowd there gets into it at retreat and it's just a blast so I've not done like professional level I will add if people are interested I think you can find recordings of some of the competitions online and I like to watch them because you get to kind of see like how much work goes into things and like Tammy was saying the the prop the only like I guess downside, if you will, of competing, which is great, is you miss the con because you're, you know, you're doing that like the whole time. And that's those folks work for years on their costumes. So I went to the most impressive uh, contest I've seen was Emerald City Comic Con last year that they had folks that had to have had background in the movie industry, like making <laughs> making their their own costumes. And so they had different levels, which was really interesting. They had um, kind of a sewing one, one that was like hand sewn um, division. And then they had kind of a tech division and then they had a third one that I'm blanking on, but it was, that was sort of interesting to see those different categories. So like Tammy was saying it, it, in addition to kind of beginner 
um, intermediate and pro there's sometimes there's different types of costume categories as well. Uh, and that was really cool. Really cool. One of the ones that won was a female Thor and she had, she, first of all, the costume was great, like from Ragnarok and she had made a helmet and she had put a light in it. And so her eyes glowed uh, blue, like Thor's light up in the movie from the way that she had designed it. And it looked like her eyes were glowing. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, take, <laughs> take my money. I don't know, not that I was throwing money, but I was, that was just, I just went, okay, that's, I'm, I'm out. That's amazing. You know, <laughs> um, but some of these that folks work so hard on. Yeah. yeah. And you can follow some of the cosplayers um, on various uh, platforms like Instagram or uh, Discord or Twitch. And the, you, they will show you, like they will show you a build. Um, and so that's kind of fun sometimes to watch the process if people are into that. Yeah. Cause I, I, uh, usually I'll find, cause I spend like, uh, like Saturday or Sunday a whole day. I usually post all my progress photos on Instagram. It is also a good way for me to keep track of my photos when I need to make my book. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> good so, point. Yeah. But it's, it's cool. Some people like it. That's awesome though. I mean, really, that's a lot of work and that's, that sounds like you really, really, really have to want to do that to put that work in. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not the same as just, you know, yeah. walking in a little competition for a little bit, but yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. My husband calls himself a cosplay widow when he, um, <laughs> I get into my thing because he knows I won't be around for like four or five months because I'll be spending every extra minute I have doing that <laughs> hey that could be a cosplay idea for your husband he could dress up as a cosplay <laughs> something original there okay well let's go around and just we'll have everyone talk about sort of what they're working on right now i know right now of course you can't go to any conventions um but what you're working on for maybe potentially next year when hopefully everything will be back to somewhat normal. Um, <laughs> Sarah, what are you working on? Um, I'm going to be working on uh, the armor, the armorer. I can't talk today uh, from the Mandalorian. Um, I have the helmet, which I had made because that was not happening <laughs> for me. Um Unless I can talk my husband into allowing me to get a 3D printer, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, and uh, I, I've been putting it off because it was supposed to be for Star Wars Celebration, um, which I was supposed to be leaving Monday for. And that's been pushed back for two years. So it actually gives me more time to uh, work on it and uh, perfect it a little bit. So that's that's the one I'm working on for right now. Hopefully cool. we'll have cons awesome. for next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's what's actually exactly. happen. <laughs> and then Tammy, what are you working on? Uh, I guess, like I mentioned before, I'm making um, the uh, Hercules costume from the original trilogy when Xena appeared on Hercules, and so it's very a lot of soldering and uh, using a leather sewing all, which I put through my finger once already. <laughs> so it's been a, a very painful painstaking process but I it's coming out really really good and so I'm really proud of myself for this and um and funny enough I'm making also the the uh the 
uh, last episode of Samurai Armor as well. I just got all the, the metal work back from the blacksmith this week, and so I'll be starting on that soon. Awesome. Yeah, and hopefully we get to show that stuff off next year. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And then Tanya, are you working on anything? Um, I, in my head, yes. Um, I, I'm not... In, <laughs> I, uh, I want, I will probably do this this year just for fun anyway. I wa really want to cosplay Nadja from What We Do in the Shadows. I love the movie, What We Do in the Shadows, and I, I was skeptical about the TV show, and it's fantastic. Uh, and she's a vampire um, and sort of Victorian Stevie <laughs> Nicks-ish. Very not what I would ever wear. Um, but I'm, I want to either sew or uh, find that. And just a tip for folks... Uh, Etsy is a really good place to find detailed things that you might need for cosplay. I did not know about this um, when I started cosplaying, but it's a great place to find like, oh, you know, your patch for your jacket, maybe Aaron, that you might have been trying to track down uh, maybe Etsy or like name tags. Like there were every other person at San Diego Comic-Con last year was from Stranger Things with the ice cream outfit and the name tag, right? You talk about the Harlequins. It was Stranger Things ice cream people. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, so probably Nadja will happen. And then I really want to do a Kira from Deep Space Nine cosplay. Um, but I don't know what costume for sure i want to do um for that i might do mirror verse kira which looks like an evil dominatrix um aerobics instructor is the best way i would put it's like it, she seriously has a silver headband it's it's so awful and amazing as a costume and there's all these weird straps that don't go to anything um you know it's just the dumbest thing but i love it so i might do that but for kira i want to make it myself so i have to like practice my sewing <laughs> skills i did i did get a sewing machine for covid and a bread machine and they both sit there and i sew something once a month and i bake bread about once a month so no it's about how it's going <laughs> awesome awesome well you guys have already touched a little bit on why cosplay is important to you and what it means to you but i want to just close out with just everyone sort of saying if there's anything else you want to add to that and why why it's so special to you, what it means to you and why it's important, Sarah. Um, you know, it's funny. You kind of touched on it a little bit earlier or someone did about how acting, um, you know, pe people are good at acting because they're not comfortable in their own skin. Um, and I think that kind of applies to me because I am, I am not comfortable in my own skin. I've never been comfortable in my own skin. So pretending to be someone else is actually kind of comforting to me in a way. Um, and I, I just, just since I've started attending cons and, and cosplaying, I've made so many amazing friends, met so many wonderful people. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it, in my experience, it's just been such a welcoming, accepting community, um, which is what I love about it. That's wonderful. That's that's beautiful, really. Yeah, yeah. And I, I understand that thing, if not not feeling comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, which was yeah. a lot of the reason why I loved to act. So, yeah, I understand that. And then Tammy? Um, I think it's kind of tapped into, like, a creative part of my body that I didn't know I had. And so, I mean, like, um, you know, even making the videos I make on TikTok, 
just like making these little mini Xena movies, um, just like based off of episodes and what I think happened in the background. It just like kind of just tapping into things I didn't think were in me, you know, ever. Just growing up super shy, awkward, a jock, not fitting in because I didn't fit in with the nerds, I didn't fit in with the jocks. I was my own island always, all the time, still am. But it's like now I kind of have this new creative outlet. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of along the same lines of what Sarah was saying too, and what, what I was saying. Yeah, it's it's that finding finding a way to to feel okay in in who you are, and especially with and I think creativity is such a such a great way to do that. Um, and I think any way you can be creative, I think helps you and helps your mental health and absolutely helps you gain confidence. So yeah. Yeah. And then Tanya. Yeah, that's all wonderful. I it's it's interesting. I was thinking, Aaron, about how you said you cosplayed Elton John and, and your dog did and how his in the movie, which I finally watched and then immediately texted you and said, Oh my god. <laughs> right? Um yeah. yep. <laughs> no, Elton, Elton wasn't comfortable with himself, and this is part of why he had the bigger than life persona yeah. and the costumes and the hey, like I somehow don't feel like I can take up your time, even though I'm this incredibly talented person, right? And I, I'm not, I'm not saying that applies to us. But I, despite seeming very extroverted, I am not. I'm introverted, <laughs> and it, believe it or not, it helps me to put on a costume, and I feel more confident. It's just very fun, and I think, like both of you said, it gets into participating in a community, feeling part of something, feeling appreciated for yourself as an individual, even though you're dressing up as someone else. Um, when as women, we have so many role demands in our life where we're appreciated for our job or for our, our parenting or for our partnership. Right. And that's great. But this is, this is something I do where I can bring my full self into it and feel really validated and um, be able to express that and have it be appreciated. Right. And I just don't, I don't know that that happens in all aspects of our lives, right? It's so for me, it's a lot about personal fulfillment and validation, but it's also just really fun. And um, the creative, the creative aspect of how can I do this? How can I solve this problem um, for, for less money? I'm very into the budget, right? You know, um, but also what, you know, how can I pull this off? It's a challenge. It's a fun challenge too. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I view it, this is, and like, like you said, you know, being, being a mother and having children, I mean, my life has been so focused on that. This is something that I do. That's just for me that I, that I enjoy, um, you know, so in a way it's a little bit of self-care. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it, it helps me honestly. And I've, I've said this before and I'm pretty open about it. I have, I literally have OCD. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that I have it. <laughs> um, I have anxiety. I have depression. I've had depression yeah. and it helps me with all of that to have yep. this outlet. Like when I'm having a bad day, I start making costume plans and, and it's just, it's a nice thing for me to think about, especially right now, as we all know. Uh, and it's a good, it's a healthy distraction. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because it definitely it 
Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's not something I've done, but I but I'm equating it a lot with what it was like acting and then also writing um, and doing this podcast, honestly, um, and all of that. It's it's a way to help your brain be okay. <laughs> yes, that's, that's another way to put it and help your soul be okay, help your energy be okay, and to do something for yourself, which is something that's so hard for people to do and I think especially for women to do. Um, and so to be able to do that is, is a great thing. And I'm glad that you guys have been able that, that you have been able to discover a great way to do that, a great outlet for that. So, yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to see some of yours next year. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that, um, uh, this episode was actually supposed to be the same week as the supernatural convention in Denver, um, and so that got postponed until next year, but we were going to do this and then also coverage of that. So, you know, it's just, it's kind of sad in a way just because, um, you know, we were going to be covering something where we would have seen a lot of cosplay, but next year, next year, next year we'll have that. So great. Well, thank you guys so much um, for taking the time to talk about this. It's, it's been interesting, a really interesting discussion. It's made me want to delve deeper into this world personally and find more ones to do and challenge myself. So thank you guys for that. Um, so we'll just close out and have everybody say where they can be found if you want to be found. And if you have anything you want to promote, start with you, Sarah. Um, yes, please feel free to stalk me. I'm kidding. Um, no, you can find me on... Facebook, uh, Sarah Barnick, B-A-R-N-A-I-K, or uh, Twitter at NateCamMom, that's N-A-T-E-C-A-M-M-O-M. And uh, nothing to uh, promote right now. Great. Well, thank you, Sarah. And then Tammy? Uh, Yeah, you can pretty much find me on everything um, at Warrior Princess Cosplay. I guess, like, the main thing, if you want to see some cool videos, you can see my TikTok page. And that's really, I don't really promote anything. I mean, I make props on commission, but only on word of mouth because I don't want it to become a job. (laughs) (laughs) This is good information for me to have. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, uh, but yeah, you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Great. Thank you. And then Tanya. Yeah, thanks. Um, So I am on Instagram. I don't remember my handle, but if you look for Tanya Cook and you find a nerd um, doing nerd stuff and lots of pictures of cats lately, because that's all that's happening. um, That's me. And that's where you can find photos. Um, Also, let's see. uh, On Twitter, I am at capital A, capital K, capital N nerd and fighting always. It's like always keep nerd fighting, but capital AK nerd fighting. Um, and that's for my research study, but that's a good place to find me on Twitter. And what I would promote is probably that and our blog on medium, which is also at AK nerd fighting, which is a little more of the academic, um, take on fandom and, and fan culture mixed with some of our research stuff that we do. Great. And we'll link that in the show notes as well. So 
Great. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, if you would like to share any of your cosplays, if you have any feedback, any show notes, um, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us via email at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com and next week we're going to have two episodes the first one is going to be a special lucifer episode so sarah will be back for that one and we're going to discuss uh the first part of season five which has been released i wanted to give some time for people to watch it so we're going to be spoiling everything of course so you won't want to listen unless you've unless you've watched that so and that's going to be a pretty packed panel so that'll be a lot of fun though to discuss that i'm happy that that's back i haven't started it yet so excited to get started with that one and then we're going to be doing the time warp and we're going to be talking about rocky horror picture show and we're going to have two people on who have performed in it one of them is um sarah alder's brother who has performed in rocky horror picture show for years and years and years so it'll be interesting to have him on and get his take and um get the takes of everybody who loves it and who has performed in it um so that one i'm really really looking forward to and then i just want to give a heads up about since we're almost to october yay awesome october is my favorite month so we are going to be doing a month long celebration of horror films and horror genres and <laughs> i can see sarah clapping and as anyone who listens to this knows i am a horror geek so i am very excited about that so i just want to give a heads up on that we're going to be talking about vampires slasher the slasher genre and the final girl trope we're going to be talking about ghosts and we're going to do a special episode talking about our own personal supernatural experiences and we are also going to be talking about pandemic films and zombie films. So that should be a lot of fun. And we might throw other things in there, too. Who knows? But until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. 